from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Kennedy Classics. I believe in God the Father Almighty. The words of the Apostles' Creed provide a strong antidote to an increasingly anti-Christian culture. The Apostles' Creed distills for us the essence of the Christian faith that has been held, believed, and loved by the Church for many centuries. From D. James Kennedy Ministries, the book Knowing the Whole Truth, Basic Christianity, and What It Means to You will help you stand strong in your faith in a culture that wants to tear it down. In this classic book from the Deeper Walk series, Dr. Kennedy sheds bright light on the essential Christian truth found in the Apostles' Creed. I believe that it was necessary that we once again declare our faith in the great central and basic tenets of the Christian religion. His compelling stories, personal anecdotes, and stirring testimonies offer solid food for both the mind and the heart. Contact us today to receive your copy of the book, Knowing the Whole Truth, that can only be obtained through D. James Kennedy Ministries. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedom. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. One of the most commonplace assertions of an unbelieving world is that all religions are basically the same. Curiously, the place where you find this theme repeated most often is in the secular media. Why secular writers see themselves as uniquely qualified to address such a weighty subject is a topic of another discussion. But one thing we can say about articles asserting that all religions are basically the same is that this also is fake news. Now, it is true that all world religions do teach the same thing about how to please God, principally through obedience to some set of rules. Um, But wait, that would be all religions except Christianity. In fact, Christianity makes it abundantly clear that you can never please God solely by some human effort or by merely obeying some set of rules. The Apostles' Creed, drawing from the clear teaching of Scripture, declares unequivocally that the day of judgment will come. How will you answer when called into a reckoning of your individual responsibility to God? Here is Dr. D. James Kennedy with his message to judge the quick and the dead. Some of the great Christians of yesteryear, when the clock would strike the hour, would say to themselves, another hour, to give an account of to God. Today we're talking about 
our individual responsibility to God, to him who shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I speak of the greatest signs of that day when God shall gather all nations before his throne and men shall give an account of themselves to God. For it is appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Now, the Apostles' Creed does not deal with many of the concomitant or lesser matters involved with the judgment. It does not deal with when and where and how, but it does simply state the fact, and it is not my intention to divide the audience today over these lesser matters, but simply to stick to the great declaration of the creed, which unites all Christians, regardless of when or where it is believed by all that he shall come again to judge the quick and the dead. God has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. Each of us has that stated appointment somewhere on your calendar. It could be this year. There is an appointment with death. A young minister fresh out of seminary was confronted by a very able skeptic by the name of Bert Olney. And he told him after the service that he did not believe in the infallibility of the scriptures. And uh, this young minister said, well, that may be, but as my text today said, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Well, I can prove to you, young man, that there is no such thing as a judgment at all. And the young man said, well, men do die, and after this there is the judgment. And he replied, but that is no argument. You are simply affirming something. He said, well, I don't know about that. I am not here to argue about the scripture, but to preach it. And the Bible says that it is appointed unto men once to die, but then the judgment. He said, I don't think you know enough about the Bible even to argue about it intelligently. He said, well, you may be right, but I do know this, that it is appointed unto men once to die and then the judgment. And in disgust, Bert Olney stormed away. But as he was making his way home, it seemed like the very tree toads echoed the word, judgment, judgment, judgment. And when he crossed the bridge over a stream, it seemed like the frogs in the stream reminded him of judgment, judgment, judgment. And he could not get out of his mind that text that he had heard, that it was appointed unto men once to die, and then judgment. Early the next morning, there was a knock at the parsonage of the young minister. And there was Bert Olney, who said, I cannot get out of my mind that text that you kept repeating yesterday, and I want you to tell me what 
must I do to be saved? Yes, my friends, there is coming a day, a day which God has appointed, in which he will judge the world in righteousness. The Bible unequivocally declares it. All of the currents of human history are flowing swiftly toward judgment. And all, all of the opinions of the sacred writers point unequivocally to the fact of judgment. And all of the generations of men that have ever lived are moving unalterably toward judgment. That great assize when Christ shall come to judge the world. And from that judgment, there is no escape. And from that verdict, there is no appeal. And from that sentence, there is no parole. He shall come again to judge the quick and the dead. Not only does the Bible unequivocally declare it over and over and over again, that he shall sit upon his great white throne and all the dead, the living and the dead, the small and the great, shall stand before him. Every man shall give an account of himself to God. And I would have you to remember in that day that those who have continued to criticize Christians for their inconsistencies or their failures will have no chance to do so at the judgment. Or at the judgment, every man will give an account only of himself, not of his wife, not of his neighbor, but only of himself. We will give an account of our actions and our speech and our thoughts themselves. All things which have been hidden will be brought to light. All of those who have had their names on the roll of a church, but their hearts have never been surrendered to Christ, will be there. All mankind will be gathered there at that time, and they will be judged, every man, according to his works, as the books are opened, and men are judged according to their works. Now, some people are confused by the fact that the Bible speaks of judgment according to our works, but they should not be at all. You see, the Bible inevitably teaches and everywhere teaches that salvation is by grace through faith, but judgment is by works. The reason for that is very simple, and that is that faith is invisible and it is only seen in our works. As James says, show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. It is impossible to show faith apart from our works. And so, therefore, it is our works that will be the evidence of the reality of our faith. And since it is true that men will then be judged according to their works, note that they will not be judged merely according to their profession. Now, most all of you, perhaps here, have professed your faith in Jesus Christ. You will not be judged according to that profession. You will not be judged according to your membership in a church. You will not be judged by some ecclesiastical connection or position. You will not be judged by some sacramental activity, whether you have been baptized or have partaken of the Lord's Supper. 
No, you will not be judged by any outward appearance, but you will be judged by reality and what you really are in your heart and in your words and in your actions. These are the basis of your judgment. And through these, the reality of your commitment to Jesus Christ and your love to God will be ascertained. My friends, how will it be in that day for you? Every man will be judged according to his works. Now, there are degrees of punishment, we are told in the Scripture. It shall be more tolerable for these than for those. These shall receive the greater condemnation, we're told in the Scripture. And so it is that those who have had greater light will be held more responsible. Those of you that sit right here that may be prominent members of this society, you may hold high office in city or state or nation, and yet if you have never surrendered your life to Christ, you will be held more accountable. You will be seen to be more culpable than the cannibal in Africa who has nothing but the candlelight of creation or conscience against which he has sinned. But you have sinned against the noontime sun of the light of the glory of the love of Jesus Christ and his death for you. You have heard the offer, the free gift of eternal life to those who will repent and trust in him. And if you have resisted that, if you have not surrendered your life to him, then your condemnation will be greater than the condemnation of those whom you suppose to be far more wicked than yourself. This is the condemnation. The scripture says that you have not believed on the Son of God whom he hath sent. And the saved will come to judgment. We must all give an account of ourselves, the scripture says, to Jesus Christ. And there are degrees of rewards that will be given. And these rewards also are of grace because the best works of the best saints of God do not merit anything but his displeasure. For when we have done all, we should account ourselves as unprofitable servants. But having accepted our persons for Christ's sake, God is willing also to accept our deeds imperfect as they are. And, uh, my friends, you shall stand there in the midst of, uh, of believers throughout the centuries, and then your faithfulness to Christ will be examined. What kind of a witness have you been for him? How faithful have you been in sharing the gospel with other people? How faithfully have you obeyed the great commission, that final command that Christ gave to those who claim to be his followers? How many people have you allowed to live and die without ever opening your mouth to share the good news with them? How faithful have you been in your stewardship of tithes and offerings to the Lord? Or have you been greedy of this world's goods? How faithful have you been in the service of Jesus Christ and his church? You vowed when you joined the church that you would serve him to the best of your ability in the fellowship of his church. How have you filled that vow? I have not the slightest doubt that there are members of this church who have professed their faith in Jesus Christ, who have placed their name upon the roll, whom I have baptized at that font, who shall be cast away into everlasting darkness, and there shall be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, because you are a hypocrite. You profess one thing with your lips, and throughout the week 
you live an entirely different thing. There is not one hour of service that you have given to Jesus Christ. In fact, you consider that God is indeed fortunate that you even bother to come to his house on Sunday morning to worship him. You are never seen on Sunday night. You are never seen at prayer meeting. You are never seen when there are occasions for service or witness. No, your profession is empty and meaningless and vain. And ah, my friend, in that day, the reality will be brought to light and the hypocrisy will be ripped off and you will be seen for what you are and you will hear the word of Christ who said depart from me I never knew you and he said that to those who declared that he was their Lord but their declaration was false you will receive rewards according to the degree of your faithfulness we are saved by grace through faith but our judgment will be according to our faithful service to Jesus Christ. And then we should remember that the standard of God's judgment is perfection. For those of you that suppose that by living a good life that you will be accepted in that day, may I remind you that God does not judge upon a curve. Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. And if ye offend in one point, you're guilty of all. Cursed is the man that continues not in all things that are written in the book of the law. That is why the scripture says, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It is only as our names are inscribed in that book that we have any hope. And that is the book of God's grace. It is the book of the Lamb, the Lamb's book of life. Jesus Christ, the sacrificial lamb who gave his life for us. Rejoice, we were told, not because the demons were subservient unto you, said Christ, but rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. And I would ask you this day, is your name inscribed in that book? Do you know assuredly in your heart that your name is written in God's book? Many people would love to have their name written in some book, to be remembered in history, to have some account of their life written up. And yet all such accounts will one day go up in the great conflagration that will destroy this earth. The only book which is really important that you have your name written in is the Lamb's Book of Life. And in that book are written the names of only those people who have repented of their sins and who have trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior who have invited him to come and take over their life and be their Lord and Master, who have trusted in his redeeming blood as their only hope. Yes, there will be many in that day of judgment who will suppose that because they have been reasonably moral, because they have abstained from the grosser sins of life, that they will be accepted by God. Ah, my friend, do not entertain any such delusion. God's standard is perfection, and all have sinned and fallen short of it. The only hope we have is to flee to the cross and to trust in Jesus Christ. And then, and then only, will we hear his, Come, ye blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. 
My friends, it could be today, but it will be one day, not long hence. And how will it be with you when he shall come to judge the quick and the dead? And whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire. May we pray. O oh God, there is none here this day who will say, I did not know what awaited me. But in that greater size, when every nation, tongue, and tribe of the living and the dead are gathered before thy glorious throne, when there are those that are calling for the rocks and hills to cover them, for the mountains to fall upon them and to hide them from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne, from the wrath of the Lamb. O oh God, in that day, how men would beg for one minute, for even one second, in which they could take hold of the grace of God, in which they could reach out to the cross of Jesus Christ, in which they could obtain forgiveness. But in that day, the day of grace will have irrevocably closed. It will have ended forever, and eternity shall have begun. Ah, what men will give then for this moment, which now is before them, a moment of grace, a moment to say, Come, Lord Jesus, take over my life. I surrender it to thee. Be thou my Lord and Savior. I repent of my sins. I place my trust in thee. I receive thy gracious gift of eternal life. All that men possess, all the treasures of this and a thousand worlds, in that day they would give for this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer with Dr. Kennedy, inviting Christ to come into your life, let me be the first to welcome you to the family of God. In John chapter 6, verse 47, we read the words of Jesus who says, Whoever believes has eternal life. That is a promise of God that I encourage you to remember in the days ahead. And to help you begin to grow in your new faith, we'd like to send you Beginning Again, which is precisely what you're doing. It contains the book of John from the New Testament, answers to frequently asked questions, and more. To receive your copy, simply write to the address on your screen or call our toll-free number and be sure to ask for Beginning Again. And may God richly bless you. As Dr. Kennedy notes, unless we come to the Savior Himself, there is no hope for us during God's judgment. While there are many who claim to know Christ, Jesus told His disciples, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. The Apostle Paul tells us that zeal for the Lord is not enough without truth. 
the early church put together potent summaries of biblical teaching to help both converts and mature Christians understand the truth. The earliest and greatest of these creeds is called the Apostles' Creed, which summarizes many of the basic doctrines unifying all Christians. The message you've just seen today from Dr. Kennedy comes from a series he preached on the Apostles' Creed. Of course, Dr. Kennedy was one of the clearest, most able expositors of Christian truth in the past century. Nobody was better able to take deep and complex theology and make it clear and understandable. And that's exactly what he does in a vital new book in our Deeper Walk series called Knowing the Whole Truth, Basic Christianity and What It Means to You. How well would you say you know the essential elements of the Christian faith, the faith that has been held in common by all Christians at all times in every place on earth? In this book, discover how the bedrock truths of the Christian faith help you live your life today in a world that is often hostile to what you believe. Dr. Kennedy unfolds each declaration of the classic Apostles' Creed, shining light on each key Christian truth and what it means to you. We will send you Knowing the Whole Truth as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339 or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or you can go online to djkm.org. Illuminated by compelling stories, personal anecdotes, and stirring testimonies, knowing the whole truth offers solid food for both the mind and the heart from one of the most respected pastors of our age as Dr. Kennedy discusses this bedrock of historic Christianity. And if you're able to give a generous donation of $60 or more, we will also include the audiobook version of Knowing the Whole Truth on a six-CD set, a powerful companion to Dr. Kennedy's classic book. The audiobook of Knowing the Whole Truth brings the text to life and makes this vital resource available to you as you go about daily life listening in the car, at work, or wherever you go. Plus, we will also include a three-pack of our Truth in Action Q&A booklet, Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? Perfect to share with friends and acquaintances during this Easter season. That's the book, Knowing the Whole Truth, Basic Christianity and What It Means to You by Dr. D. James Kennedy, plus the six-CD audiobook, and the three-pack of the Q&A booklet, Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? As our thanks for your generous donation of just $60 or more to help us continue the work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or you can call toll-free 888 332 3069 or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. 
Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.